Brilliant message there, Jeff. Thanks, musicians. Let's give them a hand. Let's give the Lord a hand. <clears throat> well, great to see you here in church this morning on Father's Day. So greetings to all the fathers, and I hope that um, you get your free cup of coffee after church, and there's a special gift for the fathers. If you haven't got one already, make sure you get it on the way out. So before I get into my message this morning, I sense that God is doing a good thing, a new thing in our church, and I want to just encourage you to press into what God has for you, for your, uh, for your future, for your family, and for uh, our church. It's going to be great watching what God does from now on. Also, um, um, PJ and myself are going to prison this afternoon, so pray for us at 2pm. We're going in, just pray that we get let out. So I intend getting out, I don't know about BJ, but so do pray for us at 2 o'clock. And also, uh, believe with us, uh, we've just come out of our one priority month of uh, giving, and so we have some goals that we wanted to uh, aim at, and that was to be able to purchase a property at Alliston so we can have church more often up there at the moment, still only once a month, but when we get a building set up, then we re- we'll be able to go there anytime we want and be able to uh, have a, a great service up there, just like we have here. So just be praying for that, and it's not too late if you think, well, I've missed the boat, um, and you're thinking, oh, good, I, it's, August is over, I, I, I don't have to give anything. If the Lord stirs you, just bring in an offering and put on it one priority, and that'll go towards our facilities and buildings for the future. So it's investing into generations of the church that we don't know yet. So uh, that's what we can do for the future, is to be giving and supplying and providing for the future generations of One Heart Church. Is that good? All right. So I'm going to speak this morning about um, fathering. The the title of my message is um, uh, The God I Never Knew. And uh, hopefully it's a a relevant message. It it is aimed at at fathers, but it's also, I think, more to do with parenting and also our life as a Christian and understanding God better. So fathering is a special call that men of God are called to. So just as um, we have many different callings in life, one of the most fundamental and and important areas of life as a father is to realise that that there is a ministry that you have to your family before anything else. And it's a really, really important calling. I'm going to show you an example. Acts chapter uh, 21 verses 8 and 9. And here's just one example of a great man of God, a great father of God. It says, um, the next day, this is uh, the Apostle Paul and and Luke, I believe, uh, writing this. It says, the next day we went on to Caesarea and stayed at the home of Philip, the evangelist. Um, One of the seven who had been chosen to to distribute food. If you go back in in the book of Acts, you'll see what, what they're referring to. Verse 9 says, he had four unmarried daughters who had the gift of prophecy. So what I want us to see here is this Philip, is the same Philip who baptised the Ethiopian eunuch. Who knows that story? It's okay if you don't know the story. Um, you can read it yourself. But he's the same Philip who, who baptised the Ethiopian. Uh, it's found in Acts chapter, uh, Acts chapter 8. Um, and now he's in this place called Caesarea. He's a, he's a father and he has four daughters that are all in ministry. I think that is a, a picture of a successful father in his house. Because not only has he got children, they're involved in the ministry and the call of God for themselves. So Philip, he started out serving meals. 
He started out being a waiter in the church. But God not only had a supernatural plan and purpose for his life, and I've got to squeeze in supernatural because that's our theme for this year, so I will try and segue that into the message everywhere I can this morning. But I do want to encourage you, Jeff, that was a great message on the communion this morning, and thank you for bringing that, because we do live in a physical world, but we are surrounded by a supernatural world that we are often disconnected from because we're thinking naturally, and God wants us to get a hold of this this year, that we start to think and behave and act and live supernaturally that affects us for eternity. So that was all free there. That's not on the notes. But fathers and parents, if I can pass on to you something important, it's the call of God is not only relevant for your life, but it's relevant for the generations that follow behind you, for your children. So it would be, I think it would be one of the most wonderful things um, to receive is, and to have recorded about us in, in uh, eternity is that we raise our families well and they are carrying on a heritage of the faith that we passed on to them. So uh, this morning I, I was quick on the mark and sent a, um, a Facebook uh, message to myself as a father and had all, all my kids in, in pictures on there. So if you do see it, uh, like it for me, make, make me feel good. Um, but uh, Carmel saw it and she, she's our daughter. She's in, in Victoria now with the army. And she saw it and said, thanks, Dad, saves me having to, to post anything. <laughs> so I'm just thinking of them. And uh, I, I just put on there, they are so blessed. So, but one of the things that, that I know is, is my call, and, and when Carmel, by the way, left to join the army, um, I was thinking, oh, you know, how's she going to go? You know, I wonder, I wonder if she's going to uh, stay faithful to God and all these kind of things. So she's moving away from the family. And, um, and, and I just had a sense, you know, she, it was on her 20th birthday, she enlisted in the army. And, uh, and, and I just had this peace of God come over me and, and God said, well, you had 20 years to invest in her life and, and you've got to trust me now. And, uh, and I know that she's doing well. She she's, um, goes to church. It's a bit hard where she, she's moving around constantly. But, uh, you know, she finds herself in church nearly every Sunday um, because that's where she wants to be. And I think that's great. And I know God's got a call and purpose for her life. And uh, I have to trust God for that. And I just want to encourage parents, if you have distance and separation in your family with your children, you have to trust God that lessons and things that you gave them in their childhood can come back and bless them in their adulthood. Um, so it's, um, it's an important thing we have as fathers. But imparting faith, imparting confidence in God into our children, and we want to, because we want to see them living out the exploits of Jesus in their life bringing the exploits of God into their world. That's what we want to see in that next generation so that they can go beyond where we ever did. But I think it, it is no accident that Jesus referred to God as our Heavenly Father, as a Father. Uh, at least ten times in, the, in Scripture, Jesus mentions God as Father, Heavenly Father. It's also no accident that the role and the importance of fathers is attacked and diminished by God's archenemy, the devil. And his plan is to distort God's nature, distort the intention that God has for people and, and confusing that in people's minds so that we get a, a, a distortion of what God's nature is like, what God's intention is like, and uh, that is a device of the enemy to keep us away and separated from the best plans that God has 
for us. So Jesus clearly and deliberately described God as a good father with good intentions for his children. So you've got to realize that God has good intentions for you, that God has a good character, that God can be trusted. So Matthew 7 verse 9 to 11, this is how Jesus describes God. He says, you parents, if your children ask for a loaf of bread, do you give them a stone instead? Or if they ask for fish, do you give them a snake? Of course not. So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give good gifts to those who ask him? So we see there Jesus is giving us a description of the character and the nature of God and also his intention towards us. It's a good intention. And I think sometimes we we forget that and we think, well, things go wrong around us. Life can be difficult sometimes. And, and we've got to have at the foundation of our relationship with God is that his purpose is to be good to us. So we, we need to figure that out because it can make a huge impact and a huge difference to how we navigate our way through life. We've got to get to know God as our good father. My title today is The God I Never Knew. And I use that title because so many people live missing the entire good news of Jesus because they have a misrepresentation of God in their life. The picture they have of God has been distorted. And the one who distorts that, the one who wants to to mush that up and muddle it up is called Satan. He is the enemy of God and he wants to make God look different to who he really is. So I'll just give you some, some things here. An identified factor to healthy society is the role of fathers. And I'm going to bring this all into to the message this morning. I'll give you some positive threads from research into the role of fathers this morning. So these are just things that I've, I've um, looked into. And just two um, comments here. Some of the most common and troubling problems of childhood and adolescence diminish when fathers take an active role in their children's lives. Uh, in children feeling close to a father and frequently doing things with him can cut out risk of antisocial behavior. Um, Another one says, even from birth, children who have an involved father are more likely to be emotionally secure, be confident to explore their surroundings, and as they grow older, have better social social connections. So when we take those two statements into consideration at a spiritual level, in a spiritual dimension, When people have a disconnect from God the Father, there is a corresponding unhealthy spirituality in our life. And we want to have a healthy spirit so that we can be all that God created us to be. So knowing a bit about God, but not really close, gives us a distortion of his his nature. But life in the supernatural, the, the, the life that God has planned for us, it's critical we know God as our good Father, and that he has the best in mind for us, that he has the best in mind for you, that if you've got children of your own, you've got to also be reminding yourself that God has the best in mind for my family, for my children. And sometimes the enemy wants to bring a distortion into our families, into our homes. And as a father, you need to stand and pray and believe and trust God for your children, 
for your children's children even. The Bible talks about laying up an inheritance for our children's children because God is not only interested in what happens in here, he's, he's interested in what happens in generations following behind us. So misconceptions of God as Father come from trans, uh, transposing faults from our biological Father onto God. And I think that's where we have a, a, a breakdown in our understanding of who God is because we are transposing faults from our, our natural fathers onto God. And so the picture we have of God is, is like this, this little child on a, on a couch there with a, with a finger in his face, and we would think, well, that's how God is going to interact with me because my only picture of a father may look something like that. So uh, examples, are a dad who is mean, a dad who is hard to please, uh, a dad who is stingy or disconnected. Um, now, not everybody has a bad father experience, but of those who do, it doesn't help to transpose your father's faults onto God. And we need to realize that, 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 that you know, despite, you know, we, you know, it's a mistake to say that everyone's had a bad father. Um, that, that's not true. There's many, many great and wonderful fathers that we have in our lives. But it's, it is much more valuable to us developing our relationship with God to know his true character and his intentions for us. So Jesus said, how much more does our Heavenly Father give good gifts to his children and Maybe from today you need to start crying out to God saying, Lord, help me to receive the good gifts. Help me to receive the good gifts that you have for me. It's one thing to have a gift. It's another thing to receive it and take it. I don't know if you've ever had that thing where someone tries to, to give you a gift or you try to give someone a gift and they say, I don't want it. G'day, Gemma. You snuck in there. Or, uh, what's the French word for hello? Oh, bonjour. Nice French suntan. Great way to escape the winter. Good on you. <clears throat> but it is more valuable to us developing our relationship with God as a good father. And, and uh, uh, you know, we've got to unlearn things in life sometimes that, that have caused us to live at a distance from God where we know him, but we've put, we've put him in a framework that fits into our understanding about everything, about life. So fathers... We have a, a very important role in, in uh, coaching our children, Christian fathers I'm talking to here today, because kids take much more notice of us than what we ever could think. And they're watching us much more closely. Even little toddlers are watching their fathers, watching their, the, the, the role models in their life a lot more than we could ever imagine. And we need to be aware of these things. So how common is it for us to attribute, you know, we think about our own situations where we attribute our lifestyle behavior to our father. So my dad taught me to be generous, some people might say. Uh, my dad taught me, to, uh, he taught me a good work ethic or taught me honesty or, or taught me to have confidence. All these different things people would attribute to their father. Sometimes they're negative things that they would attribute to their father. But there are things picked up not in a formal sense. These things are picked up not in a formal sense but by our living with and watching our fathers. It's called the proximity of, to our father is where we learn. It's not like my dad never sat me down and said, now I'm going to teach you some lessons here. I'm going to teach you all about life. But, but I guess 
just by living in the same house, being in the same zone, I learnt life things from my dad and from my mum. Some things were good and some things were not so good. But there are things that are picked up, not in a formal sense, but by a living with and watching our fathers in the natural. But the closeness of, of proximity to a father often determines our life values. And you'll see life values and family values are passed on from generation to generation. And unfortunately, sometimes those values are negative. Sometimes those things are, are not helpful. But we've got them sort of somehow branded on us from the lifestyle, the family in which we grew up in. And God wants us to, to remove some of those things so we can live in the freedom of a supernatural life from a new father when we're born again. To, as a Christian, we get some of those things are taken off us and we are branded again as children of God with a heavenly father. So a parent lifestyle, we get those values, good or bad, are passed on to us as children. It's also interesting that people may vow to never want to be like their father. Have you ever heard people say that? I never want to be like my father. I remember one young guy when I was a youth pastor. He was saying, you know, my dad abandoned me. My mum raised me up all by myself. And, and I vow I will never do that to my children. Now go 25 years later, have a guess what? He, he's, got, he's got about four kids scattered everywhere and he's not involved with any of them. But he vowed that he would never do that to anyone. As a 15-year-old, I'll never do that to my family. But he's become exactly what his father did to him. They go on and do exactly the same. But you have a spiritual father, a supernatural father, who when you live with him, when you live in close proximity to to God, you'll have new life values that will help you now and into eternity. So I want you to get acquainted with your heavenly father from this father's day. We're going to take this opportunity today to say, I want to, I want to live in a new experience of who God is. I want to live in a new experience of, of who I am as a child of God. So the God I never knew. I found a great scripture that explains who God is in, in a very clear and, and practical way. It's Psalm 103 verses 1 to 22. I'm going to read them all out to you this morning. It won't take very long. But perhaps this is good. Uh, this is the God that you need to know. And, and we need to uh, allow the Holy Spirit to heal things in our heart, perhaps from our fathers, perhaps, perhaps from our mothers even, from our family backgrounds, so that we can get a good picture of God's intention and his true way in which he wants to um, be part of our life and be a good father. So th- it starts with this. Let all that I am praise the Lord. Psalm 103 verse 1. Let all that I am praise the Lord. With my whole heart, I will praise his holy name. The first thing that we need to realize about God is it's not for his purpose that you praise. It's for yours. So some people think, why does God need my praise? Why do we sing songs in church? It's because it's for us to give something back to God. It's, it's, it's a It's a expression of our love for God. So you would have, if you're not used to church or you haven't been to this church, you would have seen people raising their hands, uh, clapping, doing all, all, all manner of expressions of our worship. That's what it is when we raise our hands. That's what I do anyway. I'm raising my hands to say, God, I'm worshipping you. I'm honouring you with my body right now. I'm singing songs. It's 
bringing praise to God because he is a good God. So you might think, but God hasn't done anything good for me yet. Praise first and you'll see that blessings will follow. Second verse says, let all that I, oh, sorry, let all that I am praise the Lord. May I never forget the good things he has done for me. So some people just struggle with the, with the thing of, well, I don't, I don't, God's never done anything good for me. You know, something you need to take a real deep breath and start to say, well, what are some of the things that God has done good for me? You've got to be saying, God, I thank you. You've done a great thing for me if you were born in Australia, if you were born under the Australian flag, because you were blessed in that. And you need to start having an attitude of blessing that says, thank you, Jesus, because of something like that is so incredibly amazing. So, uh, you know, that, that's one, one great thing, that you've, you've been born into a nation like Australia. You might think, well, what's so good about Australia? In Australia, we can go to church and worship any time we want. It's not illegal to pray yet. It's not illegal to own a Bible yet. It's not illegal to get, gather with other Christians yet. But I believe as, as, uh, as time goes on, the freedoms and the things that we've learned to enjoy and love about our nation will be eroded to such a point where things that we have taken for granted as a church will no longer be acceptable. But anyway, that's a different story. But God is good. Um, number three, he forgives all my sins and heals all my diseases. I believe in a healing God. I believe in a good God. And we've seen story after story of healings and miracles in our prayer in our prayer network that we have and we and we know and we can we can attest so many times of miracles and things that have happened just the other day um, uh, a man came to me I won't say who it was came to me and said look um, this has been bugging me I need to see you pastor Rob so we made an appointment he came to see me and he, he laid out all these things he said this is what's been going on in my family my life um, and he, he was stuck at a point where he was waiting for a government department to um, grant him something. So I'm not going to tell you all the details. But he said, I'm stuck at this point and we've been waiting for three years and there's been nothing. It's a stalemate. This was Monday. Monday at 11 a.m. we had the appointment. And I said, well, look, you know what? I, I, I'm not, I don't know what to do here. I don't have any connections in this government department. I can't do anything for you. So we, he talked, we shared about it all. And uh, then I said, you know what? We're going to pray the prayer of faith. We prayed, and, and you know what? I didn't feel like, wow, that was powerful. That, that was, that was going to hit the mark today. But uh, we, we, I just prayed and said, yeah, we're just going to bring this to Jesus, ask him to do something. By 6 p.m. that night, 11 a.m., we had the meeting. 6 p.m., I get a message. He rings me, and he says, you can't believe it. It's been granted. I got the, I got the news today. No, was that a coincidence, or was that Jesus doing something? But we've got to remember the good things God does. Verse 3, he forgives all my sins and heals all my diseases. We've got to always realize that Jesus came first and foremost as not to give us a Ferrari or a new Beretta shotgun or a new boat or whatever it was that we're crying out to God for or a girlfriend, whatever it is. He came primarily and fundamentally to deal with the issue of our sin. Don't forget that. So you might be thinking, oh, I've got nothing to thank God for. You think, Jesus, you know, I'm sitting in church this morning, I'm just weeping in the, in the worship because I'm thinking, God, I don't deserve your goodness over me. I never want to lose that. If you've never had that experience, I want to tell you, don't, don't settle at the place of, of, of your experience in the house of God until you can say, I've felt the presence of God stirring in my heart. 
That might make you laugh. It might make you cry. Sometimes I know one of, the, one of my old friend, an old friend from years ago used to worship lead a lot. And he'd watch me and he'd go, I could see you laughing in church this morning because I'd just be filled with the joy of the Lord, just saying, thank you, Jesus, and just loving the presence of God. Other times he said, I saw you crying today. And I'll say, yeah, I know, it's just what happens sometimes to me. Sometimes I'm happy, sometimes I'm sad, sometimes it's not really much of anything. I'm just like, just, just in the moment. But I want to tell you something, don't, don't settle at a place where, you, where you've never experienced that closeness of God in church. That's what brings me back every week. Because I desire the closeness and I, I, can, I can meet God anywhere. People say, well, I can meet God you know, all over the place. That's good. And, and I've met God in lots of different places where he's spoken to my spirit, into my heart. But I, I know one of the most consistent, best places that I find God is in the presence of God with his people. And, and it works for me and it'll work for you. But number four, verse four says, he redeems me from death and crowns me with love and tender mercies. You know, when I think of that, I think of the crown of thorns that Jesus wore that was meant for me, that was meant for us, it was meant to represent our sin. And instead, he wore the crown of thorns, he wore our sin, and he crowns us with a crown of glory. Tender mercies. Verse 5, he fills my life with good things. My youth is renewed like the eagle's. That's why I look so good. I said to Leanna this morning, I said, should I, should I tuck my shirt in or, or wear it out? I think it's, it's in now to tuck your shirts in. So she said, let me see. I tuck my shirt in. She says, no, leave it out, Dad. <laughs> the youth bit is still coming. Number six, verse six, the Lord gives righteousness and justice to all who are treated unfairly. You know what? I know... A, a, factor in my, my life was I felt that, that my father was unfair. It was like often I would feel that this life is just so unfair. And, and the, the source of that was from my own father. But, but what God says here in verse, in verse 6 is the Lord gives righteousness, righteousness and justice to all who are treated unfairly. Now you might be here in church today thinking, but life is so unfair to me. Like life is confusing to me. But I want to tell you this morning that God will give you righteousness and justice even when you've been treated unfairly for whatever, wherever that unfairness has come from. Verse 7, he revealed his character to Moses and his deeds to the people of Israel. Verse 8, the Lord is compassionate and merciful, slow to get angry and filled with unfailing love. You need to remind yourself regularly, the Lord is compassionate and merciful. When do you need that? When you're being good? Oh, Jesus, I didn't say a swear word today. I didn't think a bad thought. Oh, Jesus, you love me so much. He's merciful and gracious. When you do the wrong thing, he's compassionate and merciful. He's slow to get angry. He's filled with unfailing love. Verse 9, he will not constantly accuse us, but uh, nor remain angry forever. He does not punish us for all our sins. He does not deal harshly with us as we deserve, because if he did, we would not be here today. Um, verse 11, For his unfailing love towards those who fear him is as great as the height of the heavens above the earth. That word fear, I, I think, is, is uh, uh, interpreted, uh, I guess, a little bit harshly in the English language. I think it's more respect and honor and love God is a better interpretation than that word fear. Um, verse 12, Sorry, he has removed our sins as far from, from us as 
is the east is from the west. And, and I remember hearing messages about we know where the north and the south pole is, but there is no east or west pole. And that's how far our sins are removed from us when we put our faith in Jesus Christ. Um, I, I've, I love verse 13. The Lord is like a father to his children, tender and compassionate to those who fear him. Again, that word fear, we translate um, into respect and, and um, honour. Verse 14, for he knows how weak we are. He remembers we are only dust. Our days on earth are like grass, like wildflowers we bloom and we die. The wind blows and we are gone as though we had never been here. Verse 17, but the love of the Lord remains forever with those who fear him. His salvation extends to the children's children. Remember I I mentioned that just before. We We need to live a life so that we're not only walking with God ourselves, but in a way that we can say, my children can follow. My children's children will follow. Now I can tell you, my dad was a very imperfect person, very imperfect father, but you know something? He he came to a faith in God and struggled with many things in life, but one of the things I'll always remember of my dad that, that somehow he didn't teach me, but he was working his way out with God himself, but he would read the Bible. He would he would have a, he had a little fruit shop and there were some steps going from the shop to the back and he would sit on there and I'd come home from school because I'd have to uh, one of the unfair things I'd have to go and work for my dad and I said I hate it and I have to go home from school other kids are going to ride their bikes and catch tadpoles I'm going to the fruit shop to peel onions and I'd turn up there and Dad'd be on the back step and he's got a Bible out in an Italian Bible with a, with this little little. Uh, diary thing called the Chiave Biblica, which means the, the key to the Bible. And he would read those little studies, like every day with Jesus, but in Italian. And, and he would have that, and he'd be looking at that, and, and he'd, he'd have like scribbles all over a piece of paper that he's taking notes. And, you know, I remember that thinking that was a heritage that he taught me, not in a lesson, but I saw in his lifestyle. And now we've got six out of seven family in ministry. That's pretty good odds. And I'd say out of, out of his grandparents, out of his grandchildren, I don't know, there's probably five at the moment, probably five um, people in ministry of his children's children. That's a good, that's a good heritage. I, pre- I, I want to remember my dad for that, not some of the other things that he, he didn't do quite well. Where did we get to? Verse 18. I'll go to verse 19. The Lord has made the heavens his throne. From there he rules over everything. Verse 20. Praise the Lord, you angels, you mighty ones who carry out his plans, listening for each of his commands. Verse 21. Yes, praise the Lord, you armies of angels who serve him and do his will. Verse 22. Praise the Lord, everything he has created, everything in all his kingdom. Let all that I am praise the Lord. Can I have the musicians come back and join me, please, this morning? And I want to take Psalm 103 and bring it into our everyday living about the true nature and character and intention that God has for you. It's easy to say, well, you know, that's okay for everybody else. That's okay for the church. That's okay for someone sitting next to me. But I want you to get a, a, an image today of the true nature of God and how he intends to bless your life. 
how he not only is interested in blessing your life, but he's interested in your spouse. He's interested in your children. He's interested in your children's children. And that's the kind of uh, inheritance that we have the capacity to pass on when we begin with a correct and good picture of God's nature and intention for us. Can we just stand this morning? Because I believe that, the, that God wants to uh, connect with us so that we may experience his, his uh, fullness of his goodness. So that we may live life in the supernatural. Because if we don't understand God's goodness, we'll never live in the freedom of his supernatural. See, the closer we know God, I mentioned this earlier, the closer we know God, our Heavenly Father, as a good Father, as a perfect Father, the better we negotiate every other part of life. When we understand God's goodness, when we understand God's true character and nature, it will affect us in every other part of our life. Every other part of our living will, will be affected by that for our betterment. So I'm going to pray this morning. I want to pray for people, those who have who've had negative uh, representations of God, negative images of God and His nature. And I want to pray a freedom and a, a release to believe a new image of God that can start today. Maybe you've got that image all distorted because you've had a negative father role model in your life and you're thinking, but if I hear of God the Father, that just brings a bad image. I can't, I, I can't, connect the image of a good God and a, and a good Father. I just haven't got that. You know something? You need to allow the Holy Spirit to bring a healing to you, a supernatural healing in, the, in your spirit part of you that can cause you to believe God is good, that can bring you into an experience of God's goodness. But it's got to start at a spiritual element that bypasses your experience because your experience will say, no, no, you can't trust the Father. And you need to say, Jesus, I, I want to put my life in your hands because you've got a plan. I want to put my life in your hands because you are good and I can trust you. So there's some parents, uh, particularly fathers here today. Maybe there's soon to be parents that you you choosing that you want to raise your family with a godly heritage. Maybe you're not even married yet, but you, something stirred in you and you're thinking, you know, I want to, I want to raise a family like that. I want to raise a family that has generations that follow in the things of God. Or perhaps you want to know God as your father, as a good father. So right where we are here today, I want to ask you to respond. You don't come to the front. We don't, you don't need to do that today in that kind of response. But if we could just close our eyes right across this place and allow some personal time for people and be uh, sensitive to to each other's needs this morning but I am going to ask if you relate to any of those things this morning that you as a, as a sign to God it's not for me here as a sign to God as a, a way of saying Jesus I want to know the Father the way you know the Father why don't you just raise your hand and say include me in this prayer today so there's hands going up right across this place thank you just raise your hands. Keep them up nice and high. 
Because I know when we get this picture of God right, it can change our whole future. It will change our destiny. It will change how we view everything in life. So dear Heavenly Father, we see all these hands. We thank you, Lord God, that you are a good Father. We confess your goodness and your plan and your your goodwill over our lives today. Father, I pray that those who are struggling with a negative image of God as a Father, that you will speak to them clearly, that you'll begin to draw them into a closer relationship with you. So Father, I pray breakthrough in those people's lives today because you are good. And Lord, we also pray for those who don't know Jesus as their Saviour. And perhaps you're here this morning and you're thinking, I I don't know Jesus. I'm searching for God. I don't know where to start. Well, the Bible says that if you put your faith and trust in Jesus, He'll forgive you of your sins. He'll cleanse you of all unrighteousness and, and you'll be born again. I want to encourage you today. You can be born again. We're going to pray a prayer right now. If that's you, and you can, I'm going to ask the church to join us in this prayer. So if you can pray with me this morning. Dear Heavenly Father, I believe that Jesus is the Son of God, that He died upon the cross. His blood forgave my sins. I turn now from my past life. I want to receive a new life to be born again in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. If you've prayed that prayer for the first time this morning, I just uh, encourage you to talk to someone here this morning about that decision and uh, we can explain a little bit more fully about what it is to be a born again child of God with a good, good father. God bless your church. You can uh, perhaps, let's sing and then I'll have Cole come and finish after that. God bless your church. Thanks very much. And to all the dads, have a great, great Father's Day. God bless.